What's up, Outliers? It's your girl, Erin, and you are listening to We Are Made Fly. Let's walk together as we figure out this thing called life. Are you ready? I am. going to continue to say better than ever because I truly do feel like (laughs) that's my reality lately. Um, Yeah, I'm also going to stop trying to say um. I also noticed that at the beginning of every episode, I have some kind of dig towards myself. So I'm also going to try to stop doing that. And I just realized that after I did that dig, but I'm going to keep it in (laughs) because I'm all about transparency. And speaking of transparency, Something that I'm going to talk about today is just more specific details of what was stopping me during my period of time, you know, where I definitely strayed away that I talked about in my previous episode. So, because it can, for me, explicit examples for anything in any situation always helps. And, you know, I did live with a lot of shame for a long time about how I was living, you know, no, no parent wants their kid to live like that. No sibling wants their sibling to live like that. No, like, you know what I mean? And I carried a lot of shame and kept it and not just family, you know what I mean? A lot of my closest friends, I know that it bothered them too, you know, but it it impacted them as well. What impacts you impacts the people around you. So, but yeah, so I kept a lot of it inside because I was so ashamed of it, but now that it's truly in my past, I do feel comfortable sharing to potentially help you. And I also want to preface with, there's no judgment. You know, um, I really think that my dog is drinking water right now. Yeah. If you guys hear like my dog drinking water right now, I am sorry. She's a big girl and, uh, she thirsty. (laughs) Okay. So on the top of my notes, it says what stopped me. And first thing I really just that came to my mind was I was having what I thought was fun and yeah, do not get me wrong in where I was before I've experienced what I've experienced. Those things were fun. You know, I it's a, that's a very broad, those things were fun. Okay. For example, I mean, I guess what I'm thinking of specifically in college and towards the end of high school was just getting so drunk. Like, I, I mean, I rarely drank without blacking out. I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, I've never blacked out. And I'm like, I've never drank without blacking out. (laughs) Like I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous, but that's really how it was. I mean, I was even like going through pictures last night, 
trying to find like a profile picture for a mission trip thing I'm going on. And I found this screenshot of like a FaceTime conversation and the person had quoted me and it says, that looks like somewhere I'd love to get blackout at, or that looks like an awesome place to blackout at. And I mean, it was, I made that choice and that was just another way for me to not have to like be confident in myself and who I was. And I just masked it all with alcohol. Um, you know, and I thought that is what was keeping my life fun was those moments when really i I feel like I had it backwards because I mean, one, even just, you know, biologically in like the chemistry of our body, I've heard so many people say, there's no way that alcohol is a depressant because I live my best life when I'm, I always, I need to also make it sound like a dude. (laughs) I always, when I always do a stupid voice, it's like this. And like that, I think that's me making fun of myself. Um, but yeah, you know, I, the ways that I would feel the next morning and I mean, for, I didn't the, the next three days, I mean, I was like, my body was in freaking crisis <laughs> and I, I was just so used to it. I really thought that that was my norm. I thought that that's just how I felt. And now that I haven't been drinking um, truly because I don't really like who I am anymore when I drink. I get really angry. And that's, that's the main thing for me that has gotten me in trouble is anger. And I'm not really that angry of a person. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I can be when I know people are being manipulative and I'd rather people just not know that I know, but then I kind of harness it inside. And so again, with the transparency, just because you're trying to walk in purpose and, you know, you become close to God, like does not mean you're not going to have struggles. And I struggle with anger and I just don't really like it. I, I don't like it. I don't like being angry. It's like, I have this really heavy heart on my chest. <laughs> I have this heavy heart on my chest. I have this heavy feeling in my heart and on my chest. And I don't like the things that I say. I don't like how I treat people I love. I don't like how I treat myself. I don't like the situations I get myself into. And I also realized like that when I started to kind of slow down a little bit and then I would drink it really made me realize the next morning, oh my gosh, oh, I do not miss this feeling. And how long I lived just in that feeling because then I would be like hung over the next day. And then that night I'd be like, okay, well, I feel terrible. So I'm gonna go drink again. And also mind you, you know, waking up hungover in a panic, you know, now that I know that I know, now that I know what I know, everything kind of shifted for me. One of the nights that, you know, I've, it was a different night that I, someone slipped something in my drink. And this time 
this is the time where Charlie, thank goodness, was there. But the person who did this to me was in my own kitchen at my place, West 22, that I talked about before. Um, yeah, it was like someone that I thought I could trust, someone that I thought cared about me when really they only cared about my physical body, you know, and, but not really for their selfish fleshly reasons. Yeah. It was in my own kitchen. You know, that's still just, I was really trusting of people. I was too trusting of people for a long time. And, you know, there's a right place for trust. But also remember, you know, just because we are supposed to trust does not mean that you can trust everyone. Because not everyone has a good heart. And that's also a lesson I've learned. And I know God has put me in situations to show me that. Even, I mean, I was talking to Charlie this morning. It's like, I really wish I just wasn't ever in that situation because of the things I still think about and the things that I still want to fix and help. And Charlie's like, Aaron, you know, I really feel like that was God's way of showing you that you cannot trust everyone, that not everyone has good intentions. You know, because I, I always, I always just assumed that people were like me when it came to that. And I'm not perfect. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm, I, I would never hurt someone on purpose. I don't like being manipulative. I, you know, all those things that some people just, that's all they know. And that's all they do. And that was not what I was going to talk about. <laughs> that is not in my notes, but protect yourself, protect your heart. And I know someone that can help you with that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So talking about waking up hungover in a panic and then, you know, I'm back in these days right now explaining how that would look then you just want to get so high that it somehow makes your hangover go away which it doesn't <laughs> it just helps you know i say helps and i it it genuinely like if i didn't have weed on those days especially oh no i couldn't even tell you what it would look like because it would be unpredictable unpredictable but something I could predict is I'd probably be crying. <laughs> That's something I can, I can accurately say it'd probably be true. Um, you know, so then that day you need a whole lot more weed than normal, which normally is a lot anyway. And then you smoke your whole week's worth of weed. And, you know, it wasn't an option to be like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'll get more next week. No, that's not, that's not the layer that we were in. We were much deeper than that. And so then, you know, I'd go into my savings account, pull out another hundred dollars. And I knew, you know, I wouldn't be getting more money till X. And then every single day, because a lot of my trust for my life was also in money. And that's still something I struggle with. Um, you know, so then I would just always go to my bank account, look like as if that was going to change something. And be super stressed because I have less money than I promised myself that I wouldn't do that again. And, you know, I was, I was causing a lot of my own issues. And like, I just said something about my trust has been in money. 
yeah. Like that just needs to be a whole nother podcast episode in itself. But that was really hard. That is really hard to let go of. But our culture has made it that way, you know, because they equate money with success and sex (laughs) and sex. Nice, Aaron. Love that. Love that. (laughs) Our culture has equated success and money and also success with purpose. And those are all, they're not attached the way that we want them to be or believe them to be. They're just not. Some people are fully in their purpose and where it gets confusing is like what I was going to say is some people are fully in their purpose and they're homeless. Let's say they're then it's like, why would God make someone homeless? Okay. That's a misconception. That's where free will comes in. Like God knows everything, all the choices that we're going to make, but he did not birth us onto this earth and say that person's going to be homeless. He knew that because he's all knowing, but he did not make that choice. And nor am I saying that homeless people made the choice to be homeless, their choices along the way. Now they're, you know, the, this is their reality now, but that doesn't, I have a very soft spot in my heart for homeless people. And I feel as though something I hear all the time is, well, you know, that's, you know, they have every opportunity as everyone else. And that's the choice they made. So you're telling me that these people, like, that's, it implies that like, oh man, I could go on a rant about that, but yeah, people make bad choices, but I'm telling you that you have also made bad choices. And if your bad choices, unfortunately led you to homelessness, I don't really think that you would want someone holding your bad choices over your head because you're homeless and then not wanting to help you, you know? What, what makes them different than us? We all make bad choices. They just don't all end up with homelessness. I mean, that also is not in my notes, but there's going to be a lot with that demographic in my future. I know it and I'm very excited about it. But next thing I was going to talk about was I wrote my faith was in my plug and it was. It just was, I, you know, I'm pretty skeptical of some people and how they could hurt me physically and, you know, make me feel uncomfortable. But this person, I, I never thought that he would hurt me. You know, I would let him stop by when I was home alone. I would meet him in parking lots that were, you know, I was like, no, it's fine. I trust this guy. And I still think that this person's a good person. Let me make that perfectly clear. I still think this person is a good person. My point in this is where my trust for my life was. <laughs> and, you know, I would, I would be running out and I'd get, I'd get anxious. You know, I need to text him. And if he didn't reply quickly, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, what if, what if he doesn't reply before? tonight. And then I'm not going to be able to get some before tomorrow morning. And then I have to go and go to work and do this. And 
And then I won't have any when I get home and I'm going to have to wait even longer. Like so much of my energy was going into that. And then when he replied, I felt better. I was like, oh, okay. But it was so cyclical. It was temporary. You know, it, none more to that pretty much. It was, it was cyclical and it was temporary and it, the trust I could say was real. It just wasn't in the right place. And I would have gotten a lot more out of the trust if my trust was in God, than if all my trust was in this person who I don't even know his last name, <laughs> you know? Um, but kind of just continuing with that route, the way that I would choose to smoke, I wanted it to be cheap and effective, you know, and that equated to me hitting grabs, gravity bongs, flows, plastic, basically. And, you know, I had, I had the bong, I had the, the bowl and, but that was weren't as effective and I used more weed. Right. So got to switch gears and I was too cheap to get, you know, some of the other things that are out there, like the vaporizer, you know, all that stuff. So we just use a Powerade bottle with a little bolt on top, or sometimes like a big, um, like a protein bottle fill it with water, cut the top off, you know, all the things I'm saying it so explicitly, I'm not bragging. I want to paint the picture to help you relate. And also to know that like, I truly was there and that I'm not judging you. I want you like that. That's really the main point here is that I, I could never judge someone. One, it's not my place to judge. I can help lead you and guide you to a lifestyle that I know will be more fulfilling and more comfortable and more purposeful, but I'm not judging you because I know why I was doing the things I was doing because I was hurt. You know what I mean? So the last thing I will ever do is be like, shame on you, you, you dope smoker. Oh my God. You pothead. Like, (laughs) you know, now, um, no, just no. People who just, oh, that can just get me going. So I'm like, you have no idea. That's like the same thing with, you know, girls that, or boys that, you know, I'm going to use the word promiscuous. People who, you know, were someone, this mother that loved talking about me growing up in our neighborhood. And I don't really know why. Because she had sons and kids that were our age and were partaking in the same things, but it, you know, it was everyone else. And I was someone that she just loved to talk about and it would always come back to me. And she would always talk about how I was advanced or whatever it was. I think that was the word I was, I was advanced for my age. And, but then like the judgment comes along with that, you know, not like a, oh, you know, like something's lacking in her life. Something's missing. She's hurt in some way. And she's trying to fill that void by seeking attention from boys. Like that's how we should be looking at these things. 
not just judging people right off the bat and shaming them. There's people are broken and people have feel like their little puzzle pieces are scattered all over the place. And some of them are even missing and they're spending hours and days trying to find this one piece. And it's not even in the same room. You know what I mean? But yeah, so back to cheap and effective <laughs> Powerade bottles, plastic. I didn't want to sacrifice any part of anything above the bare minimum to get the full effect. And come to find out if I had, that would have helped me more in the future. And by that, I mean, okay, let me, let me, let me hit you some with some info real quick. So yeah, there's the whole argument of weed's not addictive. That's correct. On a biological level, you can smoke so much weed and quit cold turkey and your body is going to be fine. As long as your mind doesn't make you hurt your body. You know what I mean? Um, but we are, there is an addictive psychological effect. That's why we keep going back to it. Or that's why I kept going back to it. But, and so that's in comparison to alcohol, alcohol, you get addicted at a cellular level and say you are an alcoholic for however long, and then you quit cold Turkey, you could die. So yeah, there is a difference, but I, I want to highlight the difference of like, yeah, I was psychologically addicted to weed, but then I didn't realize that my body was, my body was addicted to the chemicals from the plastic that I had been smoking out of for several years and probably the butane too, coming out of the lighter. Cause I've hit the lighter, the lighter, what the flame would like go into the bottle with the weed that was burnt. Like, you know what I mean? And I didn't even think about that. And I was, I was too blinded by the wants of it being cheap and effective, which, you know, take the easy route, not thinking about where that's going to lead you down the road. Um, and that made it harder for me when I did start to quit. And, you know, I started having real, like I've, I've had migraines since I was like 10. Um, and they like affect my vision and those started to really come back when I quit and it was scary, you know? So then that was like one more reason that kept wanting to pull me back to smoking. So I'm like, Oh, like, do I need it? You know, like it was all compounding and it becomes bigger than we really realize until we're trying to get out of it. And then we're like, holy crap. I have created a monster. And those were all my decisions. You know, in some of the previous episodes, like it can be easy to just blame the enemy, right? But we're all born like with evil in our heart. We will until the day that we die. The difference is like people that fight it and people that don't, but we all have it. And a lot of these decisions were my decisions. They were my decisions. Do I think that the enemy was on standby waiting for me to reach for my Bible? 
Yes. But it was still me, you know? And as long as I were make, as long as I was making the choices that was keeping me out of purpose and making my own life harder than it needed to be and choosing to not go to God, the enemy didn't have any work that he needed to do. He's like, she's got it. <laughs> she's got it under control. Look at her. Look at her. She doesn't need me. She's, she's making all those choices by herself. And it's true. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. And you know, I've talked, I've used the word alone in the last several episodes, and I wanted to clarify, you know, I do think that God keeps his hand over some people, even when they turn their back, but it's because he knows their heart. You know what I mean? He knows their heart and he knows why they're hurting. And I think that can be the case for you, but also know that there are some people who are so wicked in this world that God's like, I it hurts him. It hurts him to see that stuff. And it's like, some people are so far gone. Like, you know, I say, I, you know, I bet there are some times in my life that God was like, I got to walk away for a second, you know, and I, I make him sound human. <laughs> He's not, but like, I, you know, I feel like he had to turn a blind eye to me sometimes because I was hurting him so bad. And so there probably was some times when I was alone. I don't know, but it's like, he's, we're never off his radar. I do know that. And he loves, and why it hurts him is because he loves all of us. And he's just waiting for, to hear us call his name. And he's right there, right there. And he, he even knows when that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all much, I know it can seem complicated, but it's all rooted in love is the point in that it's all rooted in love. Even when we're hurting him and we feel like he's not there, it's because he loves us so much that it hurts him too. You know, some things I tell my clients, there's just some terrible things that happen to some people that just completely, all the things that they, that we should be able to trust and then how people treat people starting at a young age and things that people do to people. Yeah, I know I'm being vague, so I have to because I'd be breaking federal law if I wasn't. But it makes it even harder for some people to go to God because of the things that have happened to them. And, and those things that happened to you that were so bad, it made God sad too. I know it did. And sometimes I've, I've pictured Jesus crying with me. I think I might've said that on a previous episode, but I do. And it makes me feel better. But back to my notes again. When I was talking about, you know, do I think the enemy is on standby? Yeah. And I just pictured 
this, like I've mentioned before, the Jesus Bible that my mima got me for Christmas when I was in the thick of it. And it's just so special to me. Um, and I've started reading it again recently, of course, and there's highlights in it that I do not remember making. And I know it was because I was stoned. I was high, you know, but I do know that in those moments that Jesus was like, yes, like, he's like, I know you're high. I knew you were going to be high, but look at you. Like, you're still trying to make that step to come to me. And that's something I really just want to hone in on is I heard something yesterday that we don't work. We can't clean ourselves up and then present ourselves to God. I mean, some people can, but I'm sure it's a lot harder than without them, but that's not. And so that kind of goes to like a shame core, you know, like I personally did not ever reach out to my parents for help because I was ashamed and I was afraid of how they would react and that they wouldn't love me as much anymore. They would think less of me and they would treat me differently. And I was ashamed and I was scared. And I realized that that also kind of tied into how I thought God was going to feel. And like, yeah, I know that he, he wasn't crazy about the decisions I was making and how I was treating my body and neither were my parents, but it's because they both loved me. It's all just rooted in love. And when I was reading that Bible, high as a kite, do not remember it. Jesus knew that I was going to continue to satisfy the flesh for a while. But he also knew that at this time in my life, when I went back to that Bible and I saw those highlights and I would think about it and I would talk about it here, he knew that too. He knew what my future would hold. And he, he knew that that was part of my plan and a way for him to be glorified. And I'm pretty positive that the first time I went to church, Hope City, I mean, I definitely had to smoke that morning. There's no way that I didn't, maybe less, you know, um, but I still went to church and he helped me clean myself up. Like, and I tried so many times by myself, as I said before. But as soon as I really gave it to him and started to trust that it was going to get better because it would bring glory to him. Like a pivotal moment for me was I read something that, you know, God, I'm probably going to butcher this, but God loves people who are broken because then more glory goes to him when they're restored. And you know, it's kind of hard not to feel some kind of way about it. It's like, well, so I'd be broken for him to, okay, again, we live in a fallen world and we've made a lot of our own decisions, but all of that can be in your past, you know, and I'll be honest, like my past haunted me, you know, up until probably honestly, like a week ago until I dove into something. It's like you give them, it doesn't have to haunt you anymore. You know, because he knows that kind of goes back into like the shame thing 
Okay. If someone, if something from my past, you know, that also honing on the importance of honesty and relationships that there's nothing that anyone could ever say about me and my past or whatever that can throw me off course because my creator knows he's known he's been known even before I told him, I'm sorry for all the things that I did. And there's no shame because that's the only person deep down I was worried about, you know, and it doesn't haunt me anymore because I also fully believe that everything that I've experienced is going to help someone else. And so I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the process that I've been through. Am I cool with the people that I miss dearly and how they went? Not crazy about it. I clearly still have a hard time saying I'm cool with it. And like, I have a weird feeling in my chest and my legs started shaking. (laughs) So there's still anxiety attached to it because I'm human, but I'm going to trust. And my life is better since I started trusting. And there's no way I'd ever go back. And like, I never thought I would, I would be this for a long time. I didn't. But over the past year, I've, I've seen like my future self being this like super faith-based person. I'm like, I don't know when that's going to happen because that is not me right now. I mean, I used to make fun of people all the time for like Bible thumpers, you know, like now I'm a Bible thumper. I'm a Bible thumper now. And I get it now. There are some Bible thumpers out there that will spew hate, but that's wrong. And I have said this on my Instagram before, but if someone has ever, if someone that claims to be a Christian has ever spewed hate at you, that was wrong and I'm sorry. And it shouldn't have been like that. That will also be another episode. But, you know, life is still going to have storms even when you do accept jesus as your savior and like fully believe that also i feel the need to clarify like just saying that you know you have to believe it even if it's confusing but that's where i'm going with this is how do i say this how we perceive the storms is what changes everything and when we can perceive them in a bigger understanding and understanding is kind of touchy to use because we're not necessarily going to understand. Not everything is going to make sense, nor do we all of a sudden just get all the answers when we start following Christ. That's not how it works. Nor do I think that I'm worthy to know all the answers. I'm not worthy to be all knowing. That's God. And, but that's where trust comes in. And a lot of people want, a lot of people want, you know, proof or, you know, a consultation. (laughs) I want a consultation. I want, I I want the proof first. I want to see what product I'm buying into before I really dive in. And that's just not how this works. It's just not. But I will tell you 
that once you blindly trust is when you start to see. I, and that's where I'm at. You know, I started to trust and I go to him every morning, every night. And on the mornings where I'm a freaking squirrel and I didn't make an intentional to get up earlier and I don't have as good of a day. I really don't. I'm not just saying that. I feel like just my brain is just like a tornado. And I don't feel joy as much. You know, I'm I'm very much back to the old self of like quick tempered and I'm like, okay. And I'm always cool with it because I'm like, okay, I need to make sure to make it a priority again tomorrow morning. And but the thing with trust is, you know, start to trust wholeheartedly. And, you know, if you don't have a desire to pray or you don't have a desire to trust, or you don't know how to trust, or you can start there. Like I said, like, we're not supposed to go to him all cleaned up, Like he's there to help us clean up. Like we're like children of God. They say that for a reason. And that implies that he is our parent and our parent is supposed to help us with things that we don't know or that are hard or that we don't understand we're supposed to go to our parents because we're the child and that's what the relationship is. And then you start to trust that. And then the relationship builds and you can ask him, you know, I know that God would rather you be like, Hey God, I really don't feel like talking to you. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm talking to somebody. I'm telling you, you definitely are, but he would rather you be honest with him. And say, I don't know about all this. I have no desire to come to you. I have no desire to pray. I have no desire to change my life. I enjoy, you know, the lifestyle. I enjoy the whatever comes to be at 3 a.m. after being out all night. You enjoy the highs that come from all those things ask him be like, Hey, if you could change that, you know, that could really, that would be some proof in the pudding right there. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you have no desire to do the things that you've loved doing for a long time. And then you're like, Whoa, <laughs> how did that happen? And we all know how it happened. And guess what? That puzzle piece that you were looking for that you thought disappeared forever ago, all of a sudden shows up right in your hand. And you're like, wait, I didn't even have to, I just had to, uh, what? I just had to be honest and just show up for a second. And now things are starting to be made clear. And I feel like I'm working less hard. I mean, that's how I feel. I, my life is like, I, I have so much on my plate more than I ever have in my entire life. And if you asked me a year ago that I would be doing all this at the same time, I would think that I would be crying every single day. So unhappy, so stressed. No, like, I mean, and I just, like I've said before in the previous episodes, I'm like, what's next? Okay. Let's do it. You know, and that's after a full day of, well, I didn't even like sit down 
or I've been sitting all day in front of clients, you know, and my biggest breakthrough sessions too, by the way, is before when the client gets there and I pray, I'm like, God, just help me be what this person needs. And it can be really hard, you know, when people are saying some things that they've experienced and you're like, oh my gosh, I could make this worse right now if I don't respond appropriately. And those are the times where, you know, and your brain could just be going a million miles an hour and my brain just goes silent. And I cannot think of anything else until what he has put in my mind comes out of my mouth. And I've tried to fight it so many times and he's like, nope. And my brain literally will not go anywhere else until it comes out of my mouth. And then those are the things that cause the breakthrough. And I don't trust that they're going to cause the breakthrough. You know, so I want to highlight that too. Like trust is still, you realize when situations come up, you're like, wait, I'm not trusting right now. Okay. I'm going to work. I'm going to remember that for next time. And that's what he wants, you know? And there will be proof after you trust, after you buy in. I feel like God's going to use my life as a way to glorify him. And that, I mean, that's all I want for my life, but you know, I struggle with God, you know, help me make my wants, your wants, but my want is to glorify him. And I want it to be just insane where people are like, there's there, it's no other thing. It's no other thing than that. And by that, I mean, God, something else. just really quick is about the proof. And I think that waking up every single day, waking up from a sleep where my brain was still telling my body to breathe, my heart was still beating. I was having dreams. There was like movies playing inside my head when I was asleep. You know, like that, all these things inside of our body are intertwined and working to make it work. And it's, how is that not proof that all this stuff even works like this? You know, that I can say open hand and my hand opens, (laughs) but I don't even have to say, think that it just does it. You know, what about that? What about your body being the proof of there being a creator? That's so much more complex than anything we can even understand. And something when I was thinking about this that came to me was like our blood on the inside is like bluish green. I have very pale skin, I'm Irish. And on my wrists, the veins are blue. But when our blood gets contaminated from the outside, you know, if our, our, we get cut, we get hurt, our skin breaks and that barrier is busted. It turns red and we bleed red and us bleeding red. Like that's a, that's a sign. That's like a warning. Hey, something's wrong. This isn't supposed to be here and look like this. It's supposed to be in there looking like that. And 
that's what happens with culture. You know, culture is busted and it makes us look one way when God wanted us to look a completely other way. And I don't know about you, but I was done letting myself bleed out for no good reason.